Have you ever seen anybody play the game called soccer? Welcome, everyone, to the Yankee Wankers Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needleman. I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and my good buddies, Barrett Hartman and Clayton McKinney. Guys, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing fantastic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not uh, not a great afternoon for Manchester United in the Champions League. Uh, but uh, hey, we we got to let the uh, uh, the smaller teams, the new guys to the Champions League, get a, get their first uh, victory as well, right? So Istanbul, uh, Basakur, uh, I think is how you pronounce. It. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm probably screwed. I'm fucking that up. So the team from Turkey, right? Uh, and not the team from Turkey that you would expect. Not a Galatasaray or a Fenerbahce, which is a uh, kind of a former European powers, I guess. But now we got beat by a uh, some shitty new team, and we'll. We'll talk about that here in a moment. They, but, do, have, they do have Martin Skirtle, though. If that hey, makes you feel yeah, better. Yeah, it was kind of neat to see some of the old Premier League guys. Raphael, former yeah. Man United man. And again, I, I, I tweeted about it earlier. We made Dimba Ball look like a world-class striker. So uh, just, a, just a fun day to be a Manchester United fan. Maybe a little more enjoyable to be a Liverpool fan today, right, Barrett? So the, the sun's shining here in Oklahoma. we got good weather. That's uh, that's that's you know part of it, I guess. But, yeah. uh, well, guys, before we dive into it, as always, you know, got to show some love to our primary sponsor, and, of course, that's Chalk Sports Bar. Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Instagram at chalkokc. Again, their weekend brunch setup is perfect for those mid-morning EPL kickoffs here in the States, and there's no better place to have a conversation about sports and watch all the matches. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. So we touched on it here. We're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, a day earlier than we normally normally do. Uh, Barrett's uh, got, got uh, some uh, road work he's got to do. He's got a real job, right? We all have real jobs, I guess, to a certain degree, other than uh, just talking about uh, football here. But he's going to be out tomorrow. So we're recording this a day early uh, than, than normal. But just finished up some Champions League uh, matches here on Wednesday afternoon. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But I guess we got to start off and recap um, the EPL matches from last week, guys. So, which would be uh, match week seven. Talk about some of those matches there. And, and I guess, Clayton, you know, we'll start with our uh, Manchester United club. Again, we're, we're kind of on the uh, on the wrong end of a streak here, bud. So, they lose at home uh, to uh, rival Arsenal 1-0. Penalty uh, for uh, Pierre-Emerick uh, Aubameyang is the difference in that one. The first Big six win by the Gooners in, I can't remember how many tries. They, they were talking about on the broadcast. It had been a minute uh, since Arsenal had beat one of the other big six. United now uh, a lowly point uh, from their first four home matches to start this uh, 2020 campaign. But um, your thoughts as a United fan, Clayton? Just terrible, boring, uninspired performance by everyone on the team, really. We had nothing going forward. Pogba was a liability in the middle. He just doesn't understand that he's got defensive responsibilities. Um, even if he is playing defense, he's still a liability. Um, I mean, he gave up that PK that was completely unnecessary. I mean, Bella Ren's first touch would have been going towards the end line, and Pogba could have held him up there. Yeah, no so, no arguments. It was, yeah. a, it was a stone-cold penalty. No arguments there. Yeah. Um, also, the subs that Ole made were like for like. Um, and that formation just wasn't working. I mean, it's just the same old story. Ole's unwillingness to change up tactics during the game. You know, I thought he, when he took off Pogba and Fred, 
I thought he should have taken off Pogba and Fred for, you know, Van de Beek and Cavani um, instead of Mason Greenwood and Bruno. I thought that was a ridiculous change. For that moment, I mean, defensively, I mean, we have improved since the Tottenham loss, which isn't saying much. I mean, the only goals that we conceded up until we played Arsenal were uh, two own goals, one by Shaw and then one by um, uh, Martial in the Champions League. But, I mean, Arsenal only had eight shots and two were on target, so that was the only bright spot I could pick out from this game as far as a if there was any bright spot in this game. So, yeah, I mean, overall it was just – not united and not how they play. Yeah, ugly, ugly performance. But Barrett, your your thoughts? Any takeaways uh, uh, from your perspective in that Arsenal uh, United match from Sunday? Well, Clayton's absolutely right about the penalty. I mean, Bellerin was going to the end line. There was no danger. There was no need to make you know a, a risky challenge. Um, just drive him to the end line, box him out there, and he's not even going to get a cross in from there. So just complete uh, harebrained move. But you know, it was it was really a from a neutral perspective a, a pretty boring game. I mean, there, there was just no action. Rashford had a couple of decent chances, um, and honestly, I, f- I just feel bad for Rashford. Every United game I watch, he's really the only bright spot. Maybe Van de Beek, but he just doesn't get the minutes for whatever reason. But you know, Rashford just looks like you know the one guy deserving to be on a big club like that, and uh, everyone else is just is just holding him back. But, uh, you know, I understand Paul Pogba costs a lot of money. He's got high wages, but if his only contribution is going to be giving away PKs, uh, you just got to bench the guy and, and cut your losses. Yeah. And we saw it. He came off the bench in the champions league match, uh, today against Istanbul, but yeah, he, he, he seems to be kind of a, a man without a position right now, right? I, I know, you know, he's a creative uh, force kind of moving forward from an offensive standpoint whenever things are working. Uh, but, you know, that role seems to be filled right now in, in Ole's eyes by Bruno Fernandez, and then maybe even Van de Beek. He might be third on that pecking order uh, from, from that kind of creative number 10 role forward. And, man, he just he doesn't put in the work uh, from a defensive standpoint. And so in that midfield diamond you know, again, which I'm, I'm a proponent of. I, I like that switch because, you know, United, they're, what are they, they're lacking right now, wingers, right? So that was the whole thing about going out and getting Jaden Sancho in the offseason. Like, well, now you've got balance. You've got a guy to throw on the right wing uh, to play with, uh, you know, Rashford on the left wing. And we keep trying to, you know, plug in a Juan Mata or somebody along those lines that just doesn't really fit. And so uh, whenever you go to that midfield diamond, maybe you're masking a deficiency in the squad. Uh, but, you know, Pogba just uh, doesn't seem to be – you know, kind of a square peg, round hole, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, um, ugly performance. You know, I think uh, walking away as a United fan, the one thing that I guess maybe pissed me off from that match on Sunday was everybody was talking about what a such such a terrific performance it was by Arsenal. It's like, I didn't really think that Arsenal did that much. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, this is no. just sour grapes on my point. It's like, well, yeah, you converted the penalty. Good on you. But, I mean, what, what else did you fucking do that entire match? I don't think either one of those teams had a, lot, a whole lot – uh, going forward, and I think maybe the last 15 minutes, United was pressing and looked the more likely of the uh, the two to score uh, during that. But again, it's a kind of somewhat limp effort uh, in in the when it all boils down. But I guess maybe it kind of <laughs> burned me the wrong way that people were hailing this uh, tremendous performance by um, uh, Arsenal and McCart- Mikel Arteta's tactics. And it's like, well, I mean, I feel like United's been found out, right? So if you don't, if you just sit back and make them come to you, there, there's nothing there. I will say one thing for the Arsenal performance, though, is that that uh, Aubameyang PK did. Uh, it was the difference for me beating you in our fantasy league, Keith. It's 
true. You had a good week. Uh, yeah, you you won. You beat me in our fantasy league uh, there on Fan Tracks. I think you won uh, our fantasy pick'em uh, uh, this past week. So you got all square with me and Clayton on that front. And then you continue your dominance in the predictor uh, over on NBC uh, Sports there. So so it was a trifecta for you this week, Barrett. So like acid yeah. in my mouth saying yeah. it. But yeah. uh, kudos to you. Well done there, bud. But yeah. Yeah. thanks. thanks. Um, Appreciate it. Well, let's talk about your squad, Barrett. So from Sunday, uh, uh, Liverpool over West Ham two to one. I think you maybe even picked that score, right? So that might have been the one that you got perfect uh, on the predictor there. Uh, again, not not a super you know incredible performance by Liverpool. I think they fell behind early, right? So they gave yep. up the goal and Again, came back yeah. and uh, and won. But uh, your thoughts on Liverpool? Three points is all that matters, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've been talking the last few weeks about the injury woes with Liverpool, and and when you're you know starting uh, giving a guy his first Premier League start to center back, you know, it's you kind of take the mindset of any win is a good win. And uh, that's where I was heading into the match. And, uh, yeah, after the match, I'll take it. Uh, you got uh, Nathaniel, uh, Nat Phillips getting his uh, debut and was picked by Manny as a man of the match. Um, he was excellent in the air. You know, West Ham liked to throw balls into the box and, uh, you know, just use their uh, size to try to uh, get their head on it. And, and Phillips, he was up to the task, and uh, he uh, answered every question they asked of him, uh, dealing with those uh, crosses all night long. Um, and then, of course, you, you have to mention Jota. Um, you know, he just seems to score every game, whether he starts it, whether he comes on as a sub. He's, and it's not always, you know, a, a, an impressive move or beating a man or just making an incredible volley. He's just kind of got that, that poacher's mentality. He's just in the right place at the right time. And really, that's probably the most valuable quality you can have as a, as a striker. So you definitely want that guy that you can always call on to come in and get you a goal, right? Um, it is it is a little bit worrying that that uh, we're getting in the habit of giving up that early goal. I think that's two or three matches in a row in the Premier League where they've given that up, but they keep coming back and getting the three points. So that, that's something positive to build on. Yeah, well, so long as you get a counter punch, it's okay to get punched. I guess <laughs> that's the one thing United seems to be lacking right now. But uh, any any thoughts on Liverpool, West Ham, uh, Clayton? Before we move on to a couple other matches, bud. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate for, for Mino, but Diego Jota is, you know, obviously the man informed. I, I think he's going to start, you know, replacing him as the starter going forward. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, he's only had, what, two or three goals in the last year at uh, Anfield, I believe. And, I mean, yeah, not it, very many. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just been. His form is down at the moment right yeah, now. And, he, you and know, Jota's he, stepped up. I mean, he's he's really stepped up for that team. It's a massive signing, really. Yeah, I mean, Firmino's one of those guys where, you know, you don't necessarily always measure his contribution with goals, right? It's his work rate. It's his pressing. It's his, right, right. It's his yeah. winning balls back um, and, and then, you know, assisting the other guys. But, but you're right, though. I mean, you just can't deny what Jota's doing. Well, well, let's talk about uh, the the blue half of Manchester, Clayton, and that being a city one uh, 0 win over Sheffield United. I think I think Kyle Walker gets an early goal in this one, right in the first first yep. ten minutes, and then City kind of really just hold on. Uh, we kind of thought that uh, maybe a City might overpower Sheffield just because they've struggled so much during this season. But um, you know, again, three points for them. But uh, your thoughts on City and Sheffield uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the scoreline, yeah, you're going to think it, it was a close game. I mean, overall, it was a you know, a pretty decent performance by Manchester City. They kind of look like them, their old selves in that kind of uh, 70 to 65%, you know, possession, you know, shots, shots on target. I mean, the only thing that was lacking for them was putting goals in the back of the net. Other than that, they completely dominated the game. 
I mean, they had to rely on, yeah, Kyle Walker to get him a goal. But, um, you know, the return of, you know, Kevin De Bruyne getting more games is definitely helping out. Um, he was able to kind of slip in some passes here and there to, you know, Sterling, which, you know, obviously led to a couple of chances, but obviously they weren't putting him in. Again, I mean, it's something that Manchester City can build off on. I mean, going into, you know, next week's game or this week's game against Liverpool. Um, yeah, just need to finish off their chances and we wouldn't even be talking about, you know, this scoreline. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a vintage Manchester City right now, Barrett, but unlike United, who's kind of going through the, the doldrums right now, City seemed to find a way to get results, right? So, so yeah, your, for the your most thoughts part. on City. Yeah, I mean, my biggest question, I mean, Clayton's alluded to it, is why aren't City scoring more? Um, yeah, you've got Aguero injured, but, I mean, you've got Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, Ferran Torres, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, um, and then they rely on Kyle Walker to actually get the goal. But, you know, in, in years past, these are the types of games where City would run the score up, you know, 4-0, yeah. 5-0, and pad that goal difference. Um, the last three seasons, you know, when Liverpool have been challenging for the title – Hell, even last year when Liverpool won the title, City had a superior goal difference, and they run it up against these shit teams. And this year, City's just not doing that. Since September 21st, they've only scored more than goal once uh, in the Premier League, and that was a 5-2 loss to Leicester. Um, wow. So they are just not – it's not just this game. It's, it's all season. They are not putting the ball in the net, and it's got to be concerning. Yeah, no, there's something going on there. Uh, just not the same – uh, swashbuckling kind of vintage Pep uh, Guardiola uh, offensive strategy there that uh, there we're seeing uh, from the blue half of Manchester this year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe Aguero gets back into the fold at some point later on in the season that uh, they can kind of right that ship. And they're, they're going to need to score some goals this weekend. And we'll talk about that uh, big match uh, that's coming up a little bit later in the pod. But got to figure something out quick. But a team that didn't struggle scoring goals uh, on Saturday uh, was Chelsea. Uh, they go up to Turf Moor and beat up on Burnley, a game that I, I kind of thought Burnley might keep this thing close, right? We saw them kind of be really compact, uh, keep it really, really tight against Spurs the week before. Spurs end up nicking that game, getting a late goal there, winning it 1-0. Chelsea just kind of beat up on them here, so they win 3-0 in this one. But uh, your your thoughts on this match? Chelsea seem to be rounding into form. They seem to be figuring something out, Barrett. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea were just dominant all the way around with possession, shots, shots on target. The, of course, the 3-0 scoreline. It was just all-around dominance. And, uh, you know, I thought Chelsea would have trouble unlocking that Burnley defense, and I think I predicted a, a nil-nil draw on this one. So uh, perhaps my worst pick on the predictor uh, for the week. But uh, Oh, there'll be worse ones in the future, though. So people Well, by you and Clayton, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, it's d- disappointing. You know, Pulisic was uh, supposed to start this one, uh, hurt himself in the pregame warm-ups. So yeah. it's disappointing to see that. Uh, Timo Werner, who was uh, slated to be on the bench and maybe get a little rest, uh, came in and played well. So uh, hats off to him for stepping in with uh, short notice. Yeah, sucks that uh, Pulich is, again, we, we've talked about his injury bugaboos, man, just can't seem to stay healthy for an extended run. Um, and, yeah, gets hurt and warm up. So that sucks there. But uh, any any thoughts on Chelsea Burnley, uh, Clayton, before we move on to other games? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, a couple quick notes here. I mean, Ben Chilwell, I mean, was able to get in, you know, even Reese James, that's kind of how they unlocked and was getting on the left and right-hand side and put balls in. But, I mean, you know, Burnley also made some mistakes too in which, you know, Chelsea were able to capitalize on. So, I mean, you know, kudos to them for jumping on that and, you know, get, grabbing those goals. But, you know, if Chelsea continue to play like this, watch out Man City and watch out Liverpool. I mean, Leicester City, 
is up there, but you know, I think Chelsea could sneak in. Well, I, I want to stay with you here, Clayton, and talk about perhaps maybe the most I don't know surprising result of the weekend, but that being Newcastle two, Everton one. Uh, so the Toffees uh, dropped points to Newcastle there. Uh, Callum Wilson, I think, had both the goals for Newcastle, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, kind of a shock there. Again, Everton had been playing so well. They, we had kind of start to see a dip in form over their last couple of matches and uh, uh, start starting to see them trend in the wrong direction. And then sure enough, uh, heading up uh, to the northeast of London, London or northeast of England, I should say, uh, they dropped the points there. But uh, your thoughts on Newcastle and Everton, and kind of a surprise result there, Clayton? I mean, there was an interesting storyline coming out um, that developed. Uh, Jordan Pickford was given a quote-unquote rest. Yes, yes. And I heard Tim re- Tim Howard's reaction during halftime, and he was like, "No goalie needs a rest. It's, it's not possible." Yeah. So you guys don't do anything during the game, anyways. But you know, Everton they. They weren't very. They weren't finding very many clear cut chances that they could really hang their hat on. Yeah, they nicked a goal late with Calvin Lewin, and he's going to get his goal. Um, but yeah, just nothing really clear cut going forward. Um, I know. I think they were out with uh, Hamas Rodriguez wasn't um, playing either. Which I mean, he's kind of that creative guy that gets things moving. And they were they're really missing that. Um, I mean, okay, give yeah, credit. Gil, I think it's Gilfie Sigurdsson. I think got the start. In yeah, that, the Sigurdsson that creative got the start, role yeah, this yeah. weekend. Yeah. I mean, I also, you have to give credit for Newcastle for staying in the game and capitalizing on their chances. But yeah, I mean, the last two games, Everton have just looked not themselves starting out. Well, so they, yeah. They've looked more like Everton, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah, I mean, that's what we would have thought Everton to be to start the season. Right. Right? We've talked about it. The, the first four games, five games that they were winning, you know, won every match, and it's like, well, that was unexpected, right? So nobody sure. thought that. So maybe they're just reverting back to the mean, right? Uh, I, I think that's what's happening here. I mean, um, you know, Clayton's absolutely right. They, they Without Hamas in there to kind of unlock the defense, you know, they really struggled. They just didn't have chances, and – you know, count on Calvert Lewin to to get something out of nothing, but um, that's that's really the missing link there is Hamez and uh, you know Everton have a really good starting eleven, but past that they just don't have the same depth, and they're not going to make it through a thirty eight game season with the starting eleven playing every single week. So, I think this is uh, kind of what we should expect going forward with Everton. They're when that 11 is intact, they're going to be good and they can beat anybody on any given day. But for, for over the course of 38 games, uh, they're going to kind of revert to the mean and probably finish in that, you know, seven, eight, nine spot. Yep. No. And, and, you know, kind of recapping some of the other games from the week, guys, uh, some, some exciting games that, uh, you know, obviously we can't, we can't talk about every single game, but, you know, Wolves on Friday night to get uh, the uh, three points against Crystal Palace, 2-0 there. Probably, you know, arguably the most exciting game uh, given the number of goals, but that being Aston Villa and Southampton, right? So Southampton hold on there 4-3, to three, uh, but we're up 3-0, I think, in that match and uh, ended up uh, kind of holding on there. But that was a fun one to watch. Uh, Spurs over Brighton, uh, 2-1 uh, on Sunday afternoon. Fulham get their first win. They beat up on um, fellow Cello cellar dweller uh, West Brom there 2-0 and then Leicester City uh, kind of an impressive performance I guess uh, from their perspective uh, going to Leeds there at Eland Road and uh, winning 4-1 in that one but any of those other games stand out to you Barrett anything that kind of jumps out uh, before we kind of move on and talk Champions League this week Um, you know the the Aston Villa Southampton game was interesting you know Villa's been punching above their weight much like Everton this year you know kind of exact same story the last couple of weeks they've fallen off and they're kind of reverting back to the mean so i don't know just kind of what you would expect out of, out of aston villa in the long haul there 
Yeah, a couple of incredible free kicks by James Ward-Prowse in that one as well. So he's uh, he's arguably the best set-piece taker in the Premier League right now, I think. Uh, just incredible whip, uh, incredible ability to kind of bend it around the wall there. So two, uh, two really fun uh, free kicks to watch the replay on that if uh, you haven't seen it out there. But, Clayton, any of those games kind of jump out to you, bud, before we move on to talk Champions League? Um, I mean, Tottenham um, were just complete, I mean, completely dominated uh, by Brighton as far as possession goes. Uh, yeah, it took him a, <laughs> a a super sub in Gareth Bale to kind of nick that one away from Brighton. But Brighton looked really positive going forward. And, I, and I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it as far as, far as Lamptey goes. As long as he's playing in that form, his price tag is going to go way up. Um, I actually I, I really like him as a player and he's really he's really good, but I do want to point out where Southampton is at right now. They're in fifth place, unbeaten in the last five. So watch yeah. out for them going forward. Yeah, the Saints uh, go marching in right. So they yep. they've looked really really good. So and kind of turned it on here here of late. So yeah, impressive performances by them. So well, guys, let's talk Champions League. And so we're we're essentially halfway through the group stage, right? So this was match day three this week, a Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, uh, second half of it uh, going on today. But let's start off with Tuesday's matches. And it was a great week for the English squads last week, right? All of them end up winning in a route. All of them keep clean sheets. Uh, all of them play really, really well this week too. Sands Manchester United earlier <laughs> th- today. But uh, Barrett, got to start with your squad. Five nil over Atalanta. Again, an impressive performance there. Atalanta, kind of one of those scary squads from a Champions League standpoint, really kind of letting it all fly and getting forward, keeping a clean sheet against them, I think is just as impressive as the five goals against them, right? Yeah, when the group assignments came out, um, you know, as a Liverpool fan, I looked at it and thought, you know, I'm happy with this group. You know, we should be, you know, odds on favorites to advance. I don't see a whole lot of risk, but this is the one match that you look at and say, this is probably the toughest one on the road at, at Atlanta. You know, Liverpool have had trouble in uh, Italy uh, recently, you know, with Napoli last year. So uh, going down there and winning 5 0 uh, is just incredible. And Adelaide, Atalanta's defense, I have to point out that Allison made two or three excellent saves. Um, plus, they just had a rifle shot off the post that easily could have gone in. Um, I don't know how that one on the ricochet didn't end up in the net. So uh, they did have their chances, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, five to nil um that's not just kind of you know one team getting all the lucky breaks there it it was definitely a dominant performance um of course jota getting the three goals uh talked about him uh in reference to the premier league last weekend uh four straight matches the guy has scored in at this point he's he's clearly better than firmino in his current form so you know the debate is going to be about who is going to start up top with Mane and salah but I don't know that that's the right question, right? This year with a compressed schedule, uh, you're playing two games every single week. You can't play the whole season with, you know, a starting lineup and then, you know, a, a bench contingent that comes on. You're going to have to rotate that squad. And so I think what this does is it really gives Klopp that confidence in rotating the front three because for the past three or four years, it's been the same three up top every week that they're healthy. And the only competition they've had is Divock Origi and, you know, Daniel Sturridge when he's been healthy, which is never. So uh, he just hasn't had the luxury of rotating up top. Now he does. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. Yeah, in, in, an impressive performance by Liverpool. Again, going on the road. Uh, but it would have been one thing had they done that at Anfield. Even then, that would have been impressive. But to go on the road and win 5-0 – 
Really impressive result there. Uh, Manchester City, they were impressive as well, Clayton. So 3-0 over Olympiacos at the uh, Etihad there. Uh, big win for them. And, again, they can continue um, in, in European form to look really, really good there. But uh, any thoughts on the blue half of Manchester and their win over the Greek side, Olympiacos? Uh, yeah, I mean, they just they just cruised absolutely dominant against them. Um, I mean, nothing – Nothing else to kind of report on as far as that. I mean, they they went out and executed their game plan and got the points and got out. Yeah, and some some crazy results of tons of goals on Tuesday oh, yeah. afternoon yesterday, yep. guys. So you had uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach six goals against Shakhtar Donetsk, and that where did that come from? I mean, uh, you know, Mönchengladbach <laughs> they hadn't won a game in that group yet. Shakhtar Donetsk, we had talked about them. You know, they upset Real Madrid in Week One. They get the the draw against Inter and was looking really really salty. And then man, they just get their ass kicked. And then speaking of Real Madrid and Inter, uh, Real Madrid get the three points there, three two. I think they piss away a lead there and let Inter come back and uh, tie that. And then score a goal late, a game that they they probably had to have that win, right, Barrett? So oh, they yeah. needed all three points. Yeah, they, I mean they were they were in the cellar in the group, which I mean after the three points, they're still only in third place with Inter in the cellar. Yeah, so crazy. Th- those yeah. are the two you'd expect to advance out of that group. So yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see if they can uh, recover in the second half of the group stage. A wild result there. A Porto 3-0 over Marseille. I think Marseille has lost 12 consecutive Champions League games or something like that. I think I saw some sort of crazy stat on that. Uh, Bayern Munich, they thump FC Salzburg 6-2. Atletico Madrid uh, dropped points to uh, Locomotive Moscow 1-1. So um, maybe not as surprising given it was on the road. Moscow, a tough place to go play in Europe there. Uh, They they hold on. And then Ajax uh, in your group, Barrett, with Liverpool, uh, they get three points against uh, FC Michelin 2-1 in that one. So uh, probably not a surprise there, right? No, no. The, the, I mean, the biggest surprise to me is just in eight matches, 35 goals scored. Uh, just incredible action yesterday. Yeah, a lot of goals Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Wednesday afternoon today, uh, not as many goals, but some surprising results, uh, eyebrow-raising results to say the uh, the least. But, Clayton, I guess we have to start with Manchester United, right? We watched that performance earlier today. They were one of the early kickoffs uh, on Wednesday afternoon here, given the time change differences uh, there against uh, Basha Shakir, I believe, <laughs> Istanbul there. Uh, first time in the Champions League, their first ever Champions League win. Just uh, an awful result for United's perspective, given that they had beaten both Leipzig and PSG, arguably the two better teams in the group. They had a golden opportunity to get three more points here against a side that they're better than, they should be, uh, in not only to just get a draw, but to lose the match. Really, really disappointing, right? I don't even know where to start. I mean, obviously, terrible defensive errors, really. Uh, just costly mistakes in the back. Tuan Zabi completely losing his man right behind him within the opponent's own half. Um, and then Juan Mata getting caught in possession, which, I mean, they were sending numbers forward on that one and just were able to get, you know, a wide-open goal on the back post there. Um this game was sort of similar to the Crystal Palace game um, to begin the season in which we, you know, we dominated in possession and did nothing with it, um, along with making stupid mistakes in the back. You know, as far as bringing on Cavani to go out and win a game or even tie one is a joke. I mean, I understand that, you know, why he's on the bench and maybe helping out some of the younger players, but He's, he's not a Champions League striker. He, he needs to be, you know, a cut like an e- EFL Cup uh, striker out there. And then and then, you're, then you sub off Van de Beek for Pogba, which did literally nothing. Um, he had zero impact on the game. 
You know, offensively, it was just a bunch of standing around, no checking to the ball, no getting into space, no separation of the defenders. I mean, it's easy to defend if someone's standing, you know, one to two yards away from the defender. I mean, it's just super easy to defend. No one, no one was really creating anything. The only chance I did see was when uh, Matic went up way far up and actually, you know, was able to get a head on a ball and it kind of like shifted that defense back, but. Other than that, it was just terrible, just terrible all around. Yeah, you mentioned you know Twan Zabi kind of being responsible for for the first goal there. He got subbed off at half. Yeah, uh, yeah. They bring on uh, McTominay and move uh, Matic back to center half. He played the left side of the center half uh, with uh, Harry Maguire there on the right. You know, and Martial's goal kind of came out of nothing to a certain degree there. Yeah. Uh, kind of whipped in across from Luke Shaw. A good header though. I mean, he he put it on target and uh, kudos to him for that. But. It, it really kind of masked the deficiencies that that squad had there in the first half. Uh, and yet just getting caught on the break twice, just sloppy, somewhat lazy uh, from a defensive standpoint and just losing track of players. Uh, two two goals that were totally preventable. They almost draw or get the draw there in the last couple of minutes, uh, kind of a goal line clearance oh, yeah. uh, by the defenders there from Istanbul. Uh, VAR kind of showed the video replay, and the ball was about half – Halfway over the line, but uh, obviously you got to get all the way over uh, for it to count. But a, a great goal line clearance there to save three points for Istanbul. But yeah, just a disappointing, terrible, shitty performance, guys. And I, I'm, you know, I've never, never been the guy to call for the manager's head. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm telling you, if 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 Ole doesn't get it pulled together here before the international break that's coming up, and they get a big game against Everton, we'll talk about that one here in a moment. Uh, I could see United maybe making a move here because they're, it looks very. Van Gaal-esque. Uh, the offensive strategy is um, I can't I can't decipher it. There doesn't seem to be any pattern of play from an offensive standpoint. It's uh, you allow teams to kind of get behind the ball, play compact, and then we pass it around the perimeter of the box. And there's right. nothing from an incisive standpoint that even looked like they were going to create a goal in that one. So uh, incredibly disappointing. Uh, they suck, Barrett. Um, yeah. There's there's nothing else I can say about it. But well, your thoughts on it? Well, on the bright side, um, I saw where. Uh, Pochettino was uh, a guest on one of the uh, British uh, shows over the weekend as a a pundit for the EPL game. So apparently he's bored and and looking to – do something in his spare time. So I, I, he would probably be the odds on favorite. I haven't looked at the odds right now, but I assume that he would be the favorite and uh, uh, he would probably be uh, uh, willing, able and ready to take that job. Should uh, the, uh, the Manchester United brass uh, offer it to him. Yeah. But I mean, as far as the performance, I mean, yeah, you've got to be disappointed. That's the one squad um, in that group that you think, okay, we're going to beat them twice and get six points out of it. But looking on the bright side, if I had told you at the start of the group stage that halfway through United would be top of the group, you would have taken it, no questions asked. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, being paired with Leipzig and PSG, and again, winning both of those games, uh, probably won two, at least one of those two we shouldn't have won, and then probably lost this one today that we probably shouldn't have lost, right, when, when you stack it up on the balance of things. So it all evens out in the end. But, uh, you know, the other English squad that was in action uh, uh, later this afternoon, I guess earlier as we recorded this pod, but later uh, from the schedule standpoint was Chelsea. Uh, big win for them, uh, 3-0 over uh, Rennes there. A really impressive performance. Uh, they, um, again, continue to look better and better each week under Frank Lampard after kind of a rough start uh, to uh, to his uh, season uh, earlier this year. They, they've kind of got it going now. But um, Leipzig staying in that United group, they they get all three points against PSG. Uh, PSG, yep. I think, have two guys sent off, right? So two red yep. cards in that one. So Yeah, I think one was in the 95th minute. So, yep. you know, no real impact on the game. But, um, you know, we'll see if it's, uh, you know, 
a straight red or a couple of yellows, he might be suspended going yeah, forward. Yeah, we were following on the game cast, didn't have it on live re- literally right before we started recording this pod about 30 minutes ago. So I haven't had a chance to see all the highlights in that one, but a big three points from Leipzig there. Uh, Sevilla, that, they'd come back and won. I think they were down to 10 men against Krasnodar, 3-2. Uh, Dortmund thumped Bruges, 3-0. Barcelona get all three points uh, against uh, Dynamo Kiev, 2-1 there. Uh, Lazio and St. Petersburg, Zenit St. Petersburg, they uh, share the spoils there, 1-1. Um, and Juventus thump up on, uh, I think I think they're Hungarian. I can't remember what country they're from, but Faring Varos, uh, again, one of the minnows, one of the new new clubs there uh, in the Champions League, and they uh, they thump up on them uh, 4-1 there. But any any results, anything crazy uh, from these Champions Leagues other than United, again, kind of getting upset and uh, uh, losing to, to one of the minnows there. But uh, any any other scores jump out to you guys? I mean, the I mean it's pretty much chalk except for uh, Leipzig over PSG. You, you'd expect PSG to, uh, you know, not have two losses at this point. So they've got to be disappointed in their performance so far. Yeah. Clayton, any, anything jump out to you, bud? I mean, uh, again, PSG, I mean, I think they're out a couple of players too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. I think Neymar, Neymar and ba- Neymar. Mbappe were both out yeah. of this game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. PSG, I mean, overall hasn't looked great this season as far as, you know, starting off this new one. Um, so it's kind of no shocker there. But, yeah, that, that's the only things that really stand out to me. Well, guys, we're recording this on Wednesday, again, kind of a day earlier than we normally record the pod. But uh, we've got Europa League tomorrow. And, again, we've got three uh, English squads involved there, Spurs, Arsenal, and Leicester City. Again, uh, Leicester and Arsenal have been two for two. We talked about Spurs dropping points last week um, in, in losing that match uh, that they had. But you know, any thoughts on... Uh, those three squads, kind of a preview. So Leicester host Braga, which I believe is a, one of the Portuguese squads. Uh, you have Arsenal uh, or um, Arsenal hosting Molda, which is one of the Norwegian squads, uh, formerly uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's uh, squad that he managed. Uh, and then you have Spurs traveling to take on Ludogorets Rasgrad. So any, any thoughts on these matches, Barrett? Kind of just a quick note from a preview standpoint. Yeah, I mean, from a talent standpoint, I think all of them would have to be the favorites there. But uh, I, I do want to you know, throw some caution out there. Um, Arsenal's opponent, Molda, uh, they've won their last six matches in all competitions. So that's Europa League plus the Norwegian League there. And also Leicester's opponents, Braga, have won their last six between Portugal and Europa League. So uh, teams that are, you know, they definitely out-talent, but uh, th- those other squads are on a roll. So they got to be on a little bit of an upset alert there. Okay, a little upset alert. Clayton, any thoughts on Europa League tomorrow, bud? Um, not for the... English Premier League teams that are there. Um, I will say Milan is looking like a favorite right now. Um, Zlatan, man, he's just been on a tear. Looking awesome. They've been unbeaten this season in all competitions. I think their last defeat was back in March 8th of this year as far as an actual defeat. Everything's either been a draw or a win for them. So, I mean, they're red hot coming in, so I mean they could be you know a favorite to win this whole thing, especially with Zlatan doing his thing. I mean, if if COVID can't even take on Zlatan, <laughs> I don't what I don't what a, a Europa League squad has a chance. A, a, mere, a mere virus cannot yeah. uh, challenge the great Zlatan. So now he's he's always loved. You got Benfica hosting Rangers, right? There, a couple uh, decent uh, big names there from a European standpoint. So that'll be fun. Uh, you've got. Um, uh, uh, Young boys, uh, Sofia, you've got Villarreal, uh, Tel Aviv, 
Uh, Celtic against Sparta Prague. That that might be kind of fun to yep. watch as well. So yeah, I always like having the TV on and watching those games uh, on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Napoli uh, taking on uh, Rijeka. I don't know that squad, so I assume Napoli will be a big favorite there. But uh, yeah, that that'll be fun to watch. And I'm I'm with you, Barrett. I'm going to go ahead and call. I think Leicester City. Um, they they lose to Braga, so uh, that's yep. going to be my upset pick for tomorrow. I think I think that Portuguese. I think they're pretty salty, so. It uh, wouldn't shock me if uh, they drop points. There wouldn't shock me if Braga gets the win, gets all three points. So uh, uh, place your bets accordingly. So probably you should place them on Leicester if I'm telling you that. But, um, well, guys, a couple news stories broke this week. And, again, we, we, we try to focus in on the games more often than not here. So, you know, what happened uh, the previous week, what we think is going to happen this week, and then make our fantasy picks. But, obviously, there are news stories that permeate the world of football uh, that we try to squeeze in on each podcast. And a couple of – uh, a rather salacious story, I guess, uh, to start with here. Uh, former Manchester United great and, and still a Manchester United legend, Ryan Giggs, was in the news again this week and, and not for the right reason. So I would say Giggsy has had his um, issues with the ladies uh, getting into the news in the past. And unfortunately, it uh, looks like a situation kind of broke bad here. He was actually arrested uh, for assault uh, on his current girlfriend and, and released on, on bail. But Bond Bell, uh, whatever you want to call that. I don't know exactly what they call it over in England. But, yeah, kind of an ugly story there. Again, I, I think boiled down to he was accused of and perhaps was cheating on this girlfriend as well. Uh, and uh, she uh, confronted him about it, and then kind of uh, the assault uh, broke out between those two. Cops were called, so kind of an ugly story there. He's actually stepped away from the Wells squad from the international. International break's coming up uh, next week, uh, and he's actually going to take a little break there to kind of work some of this stuff out. But, uh, Clayton, I'll start with you, given it's a Manchester United legend here, but any thoughts on Giggsy getting in trouble again, right? He's got to keep the zipper on his pants up, bud. Well, I wish the Manchester United team had the same fight Ryan Giggs did. Uh, He's still virile, <laughs> apparently. <so. laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I can't really TMZ comment this one, but yeah, uh, try not to abuse women, I guess. It's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, but so, yeah. yeah not, not making light of, yeah. of a domestic. It didn't seem to be super serious from that front. I don't, I don't think anybody was admitted to the hospital or anything like that. I think the cops were called, and there probably were some things that were done that probably should not have been done. So not condoning that by any means, but uh, yeah, again, um yeah, Giggsy, man, just you gotta gotta stay out of trouble, dude. So you have all the money in the world. What, what are you doing? Yeah, just chill out for a second. Doesn't need to be doing that. But uh, uh, you know, another story that broke, uh, Clayton, uh, the all-time great uh, Diego Maradona uh, was in the hospital uh, earlier this week. It seemed to have, I, I guess, maybe I don't know if you want to call that a, a hemorrhage in the brain or hematoma, something like that, surgery due to a blood clot uh, in in the brain that uh, was causing him some issues. There had emergency surgery, I think, uh, yesterday. Seems to be in recovery. Seems to be doing better now. But uh, Maradona, getting up there in age now, has had tons of health issues, which I assume would probably led uh, a part of that's due to his crazy lifestyle uh, in his twenties and thirties. But uh, uh, any thoughts on Maradona and uh, this story that kind of broke earlier uh, yesterday? Well, is it uh, is it surprising? <laughs> no, I mean, for me, I, th- I think he's maybe 20, 30 years overdue for brain surgery. So, uh, yeah, yeah co- cocaine's a hell of a drug, right? Yeah. I think that's all you can say. And again, uh, it's kind of it's a, the age old question, right? So he was at the top of the uh, top of the world, really, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago, however long it's been now and lived hard and lived fast during his 20s and early 30s. And, and you know, those things uh, seem to be kind of catching up with him now. Had a litany of, uh, of health issues over the last 10 or 12 years. Again, all the crazy management 
different stories that he's went through, right? Managed the Argentine and, uh, Argentinian national squad there for a while and seems to still be just as batshit crazy as ever, right? Yeah, I mean, the the guy loves to be in the headlines, and it seems he'll do anything to stay there at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, wish him a good uh, or, or a recovery there and good health on that front. Uh, he is he is a living legend in that regard for one of the all-time greats uh, in, in footy along with Pele, and then you probably have to throw Messi and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, into those arguments now, uh, regardless of uh, who who's how you rank them on Mount Rushmore, that that might be your Mount, Mount Rushmore uh, from football stars there. So, but uh, I hope he gets better, uh, gets back to his crazy, uh, uh, the lovable Maradona, perhaps, and not quite the uh, the troublemaker, uh, the guy that's making the headlines for the wrong reason. So, but. Let's move on to match week eight, guys, in the EPL. Uh, let's talk about some of the big matches that are coming up this weekend. Um, and, and we'll save your squad for last, Barrett, given that yep. they are probably in the premier game this weekend, I think is a fair way to put it. Yeah, one of the games of the season, most likely. Yeah, yeah, the, one of the seven big six matchups and, uh, and arguably the two favorites uh, squaring off uh, there on Sunday. But we'll save that one. Let's start. I guess with our squad then, Clayton, so Everton hosting Manchester United. Again, both these squads seem to be trending in the wrong direction, so it's kind of a race to the bottom here. Uh, who's going to not fuck it up uh, on Saturday morning? This is the early game, 6.30 a.m., so maybe we've got an excuse to sleep in and not watch this match, uh, Clayton, given that's a 6.30 kickoff here at local time. But uh, your thoughts on Everton and United, bud? Uh, first off, you're probably right. Um, I probably will sleep in through this game, but... It's yeah, like you said, it's who, who's not gonna fuck up, uh, you know this this go around. I mean, there's I'm not sure what you expect from this game as a as a Manchester United fan. I mean, hopefully they can find some resolve or some attrition, you know, get out there and, and you know play in a, in some sort of inspired way. But you know, as it as it as it's currently going, you know, tactically, I don't think. Ole's really putting, you know, the guys in the position to win. Um, and and I hate to say it, and we kind of alluded to this, but, I mean, if United loses this game, I think it might be Ole's last, to be honest. No, I'm with you. I, I think that this is a must-win game for Ole uh, in that regard. So what do you, what's your pick, Clayton? So who, what's, what's the score line in this I mean, one? Bro? I can see Everton kind of pulling it together. I mean, defensively, yeah, they've had some mistakes back there, but they're, you know, they, were, they can easily clean those up. Um, you know, it, I'm assuming uh, Hamas Rodriguez is going to be in this game, and he's been that creative guy up front and, and in the midfield. Um, I mean, I have Everton kind of edging this one out. Um, I just can't pick United in this current form. Uh, give me Everton 2-1 against United. 2-1 Everton. All right, Barrett. Well, who, who do you got in this one? So two clubs that you love to hate, man. So who, who's going who's gonna to win? Who's going to lose? Uh, I'm sure you could wish they could both lose, right? Uh, if there's a way, let me know and I'll make it happen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you mentioned James as a question mark. Um, you know, I, I also think he's going to play. Um my heart says pick Everton. My head says pick United. So I'm going to split the difference and do the closest thing I can to having both of them lose, and I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I've got the same score line. I think this will be one of those ugly games. That both both teams will nick a scrappy goal probably, but it'll be one of those deals where both of them walk away feeling – uh, that they they left two points on the board going into the international break. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very unsatisfying result for both of these fan bases. And so I'm with you. I like 1-1 as my final scoreline in this one as well. But uh, let, let's talk about Chelsea hosting Sheffield United, guys. So uh, this is the uh, um, uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday lunchtime game, I guess for us, 1130 a.m. local time here central. But 
Chelsea looks really, really good. Sheffield uh, doesn't look so hot, but uh, Barrett, Chelsea's got to get all three points here, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I think Chelsea seemed to be a better team without Christian Pulisic on the field this year. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a problem with Pulisic himself. I think uh, Frank just needs to find the right combination of formation to get all those attacking players functioning well together. Um and, you know, and let them gel and get comfortable and uh, start producing. But Pulisic, is just, he's just injured too much for that gelling to happen and for Frank to figure out what formation works. So he's injured. He's not going to play this weekend. So I think it's a pretty easy one for Chelsea, 3-1. All right, Clayton, who do you got in this one, bud? Um, yeah, I have Chelsea. I have the exact same scoreline. Um, I mean, they went out and proved that they could beat Burnley last week uh, with their heavy defensive shape. And I kind of see kind of Sheffield doing the same thing. Obviously, the keys to this game are, you know, the space on the left and right side, either, you know, Ben Chilwell getting down there, Reese James. Um, I mean, they were able to create chances left and right against Burnley. So, again, um, at, at the rate that Chelsea are going, I can't see them lo- losing this game. So, yeah, give me 3-1, Chelsea. Okay, I'm, I'm with you guys. I like Chelsea 2-0. I think kind of a professional win uh, will do just enough to, to get all three points here. But give me the Blues in this one, 2-0 over Sheffield. So, uh, let's talk West Brom hosting Spurs. Again, West Brom down near the bottom of the barrel here. So, and again, a team that we all picked to get relegated. But this seems to be one of those games that Spurs will will, will – Pull the Spurs, right, and, and maybe drop points here. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on this one, Barrett? So is 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 the three points in danger from Tottenham's perspective here? Are they going to go down there and get all three points? Well, I mean, every team has something that they're really good at, right? So Spurs, they're really good at scoring goals. Um, West Brom is really good at getting scored on. So, no, I don't think this one's really in danger of Spurs pulling a Spurs. Um, I'm going to pick Spurs 3-0 here, but this one I think has the potential to be one of those where they might start running it up and could you know hit four, maybe even five goals. Okay, well, that's a big win for Spurs and Jose Mourinho here. Your thoughts on this one, Clayton? So you you see any potential upset here? No, I, I'm just kind of questioning when you know Gareth Bale actually becomes you know regular starter. I know he's I know Mourinho's trying to ease him into at least the Premier League uh, Been rotation. getting some Europa League action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, he came on, scored a goal last time out. So, I mean, it's just a matter of time for he actually gets that uh, gets the regular starting position. But, again, I mean, Tottenham, yeah, I think they're going to dominate West Brom, especially with the, the way that, you know, their center back duo of Eric Dyer and Toby Alderweireld are playing at the moment. And, of course, you got Son and – Harry Kane up top. Um, I have Spurs winning 4-0. 4-0, wow, big win there. So, all right, well, I'll, I think it's going to be closer than the experts think on this one. So, I, I think West Brom's going to be scrappy. They're going to be compact. And, and we saw that uh, Burnley proved to be a difficult task to, for Tottenham to break down a couple of weeks ago. And so, um, give me Spurs to win 2-1. Uh, but I think they have to nick a goal late to kind of get all three points here. And I think West Brom will be game in this one. Again, they had a tough uh, loss to Fulham. Uh, again, kind of a battle of the basement there that um, they're they're probably feeling uh, that uh, they're a desperation, right? So uh, Slavin Bilic, again, I, I think is a, is a good manager, uh, easy guy to root for on that front. And so I, I think he'll get them fired up and ready for this one, but I don't think they quite have the talent uh, to hang on to, to get a result here. But uh, 2-1 Spurs for me. Well, let's talk about the um, other side of London, 
and that being Arsenal hosting Aston Villa. Again, we, we talked about Aston Villa kind of starting to balance out a little bit after their incredibly hot start. Um, they've lost the last two matches. Uh, traveling uh, to take on Arsenal this week, who are coming off that big win at Old Trafford uh, this past weekend. Uh, Barrett, your thoughts on Arsenal and Aston Villa on Sunday afternoon? You know, Arsenal got the three points last week against United, but they looked very uninspired in doing that. They needed that uh, Aubameyang PK to get that lone goal. And, in fact, they haven't scored more than one goal in an EPL match since October 4th against Sheffield. Villa are coming off back-to-back defeats in which they've given up seven goals combined. So something's got to give here. Um, and I think Arsenal's going to score a little bit more uh, than what they have been. I'm going to take Arsenal 2-1 as Villa's woes continue. Okay, Clayton, who do you like in this one? Um, I can see this as a tie, 2-2 tie. Um, Barrett, you kind of touched on some of my uh, talking notes there. I mean, I was kind of looking at some of the some of the uh, statistics that were coming out. I mean, Aston Villa, like that, like you said, they lost their last two EPL matchups, conceded seven goals in those two games for Arsenal. They only conceded seven goals in the EPL, like, this season. However, Aston Villa has shown that they can score more with 14 goals total to Arsenal's nine goals this season. Yeah, um, but seven of those came against Liverpool. Yeah, those no, don't yeah. count, right? <laughs> hey, there's still goals, right? Um, and they do count. They should count okay. against Liverpool. Um, no, I can see this, you know, as a 2-2 tie. I mean, it'll, it'll be a fun game to watch, I think. Um, I think it's going to be – might be wide open, especially uh, with uh, Aston Villa's attack too. So, yeah, give me a 2-2 tie. Okay, well, again, I talked about it earlier in the pod. I wasn't super impressed with Arsenal's performance against Manchester United last weekend. Again, I think they they, they won, right? So I can't take anything away from them there. But I, I like 1-1 in this one. So I think Aston Villa, they, they are – I've seen more from them. And, again, I, I picked them as one of my squads that would get relegated this year. So I've been totally wrong on that front. And, and I know they haven't looked all that great the last two weeks. But uh, I think they're scrappy. And I think they've got some good young talent on that squad. And so uh, I don't think Arsenal's quite figured it out just yet. Uh, so so give me 1-1 one, one, uh, in the, the share of the points in this one. So um, one last game before we get to the big matchup this weekend – Leicester City and Wolves, uh, which should be a really entertaining game. Again, two two non-top uh, six or big six squads, uh, I should say, but uh, two two teams that are fun to watch, two squads that uh, usually kind of move forward and uh, score a lot of goals and uh, have some open play there. But this is a Sunday morning game, 8 a.m., local kickoff time here. But, Barrett, your thoughts on Leicester hosting Wolves this Sunday? You know, Leicester have rolled off four straight wins in the EPL um, after back-to-back defeats. So, you know, that's vaulted them all the way up to second in the table. I think one point behind Liverpool. Um, But, you know, Wolves had a slow start to the season, but they've been steadily climbing and, uh, you know, now sitting uh, in the top six. So uh, I I could see Wolves being game in this one. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Leicester are just a little bit too talented for Wolves. Uh, You know, Jamie Vardy is going to do Jamie Vardy things. And I'm going to go uh, 2-0 Foxes. All right. So 2-0 for Barrett. Clayton, who do you have in this one? Man, I have Wolves winning a 3-2 game here. I mean, it, for Leicester, it's going to come down to, you know, Tielemans, Jamie Vardy, and then, you know, Jamie Vardy doing what Jamie Vardy does and score goals and, um, you know, create chances and win PKs. Um, so it's going to come down to him and then also Harvey Barnes, too, um, on how much they actually want this game. But, again, I mean, both teams tactically very smart, have very good positioning on the pitch. And then Wolves, I mean, they, they're, they've they been unbeaten in the last four games. So, I mean, this is a bigger game than, you know, 
what we'll actually see, um, you know, with these other games. I think this is a one of the bigger games of the week um, as far as where they're at in the table. But, again, I mean, Wolves, I think, will be up for this game as well. So, I mean, I, I can see them putting three pass, but I can also see them getting smoked by Leicester as well. But um, I'm going to go with 3-2 to Wolves here. Okay, I like two two. I like the I like a draw here, but I do like there to be goals in this one. I think it's going to be a fun match to watch. So I'm kind of looking forward to this one on Sunday morning. So so give me two two draw in this one. Uh, it should be entertaining. But uh, well, Barrett, we got to talk about the big one uh, this weekend, bud. So and that's uh, Liverpool uh, at Manchester City again. Arguably the two favorites, right? Yep. Coming into the surprise, yep. not even arguably. I think from an odds-on standpoint, they were the two favorites. But uh, the first of their two matches uh, from an EPL standpoint this year, uh, Sunday mid morning, ten thirty uh, at the Etihad. Your thoughts on Liverpool traveling to take on Manchester City, bud? Yeah, no question. It's the biggest match of the season so far, and you know. Honestly, I'm on pins and needles just to see the starting lineups in this one. Um, you know, who's going to partner with Joe Gomez at center back? You know, Matip uh, supposedly is going to be healthy for this one. Uh, Nat Phillips uh, was phenomenal against West Ham last week. Reese Williams has played in all three Champions League matches in which Liverpool have yet to concede a goal. Um, so, you know, three options there. What's what's uh, Klopp going to go with? I, I think he goes with Matip. Uh, just the experience and facing somebody like City. Uh, is he going to start Jota over Firmino? Uh, does Tiago get back into the team? And if so, at whose expense? So just so many question marks about who's actually going to play in this one for me. And on the other side, you know, does the City go with uh, Jesus or Ferran Torres up top? Uh, does he go back to Laporte and Diaz at center back? Or, you know, does Ake get in there, uh, who's looked good in the Champions League? So, a lot of questions there. Um, at the end of the day, I think City maybe get a little bit off of their goal drought, uh, maybe inspired by that Champions League performance midweek. But Jota, I think, starts, and he's going to score again. Uh, and then Mane adds a late equalizer. I'm going with a 2-2 draw. All right, 2-2 two, two draws. So going to be goals in this one. Clayton, who, who are your uh, picks uh, on this one, man? So who do you got? Manchester City, Liverpool, Sunday morning. I might have to go with City on this one. Um, just because I don't think Liverpool's faced um, this type of attacking tactically uh, speaking. I mean, not in form, but I mean, they haven't they haven't played anyone that is worth their salt attacking wise. Um, I mean, yeah, they they've 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 done well defensively against the opponents that they have been playing, but they just haven't played a team like Manchester City yet, uh, especially with you know the personnel that they're getting back this week city is um it's gonna be tough um but i have city edging this one out in a 2-1 victory 2-1 for city okay so i i'm kind of with you there clayton so i think i think city maybe just have the bigger chip on their shoulder right now they probably need this game a little bit more than liverpool um and barrett you mentioned all the injuries and kind of the juxta juggling of of players as to who's going to start and who's going to kind of factor into that rotation for liverpool uh and so i like city to win this one as well give it give me city 3-1 i think it's going to be cl- uh, maybe they tack on a goal at the end as liverpool are kind of pressing forward that maybe don't doesn't really matter or flatters the scoreline a little bit uh, but give me city to win this one 3-1 uh and again looking forward to that match it, it's going to be a lot of fun and just looking forward to the uh, to the sideline of any any uh, dust ups between pep and uh, and your 
Berg and Klopp. So two uh, super passionate guys uh, over there on the sidelines. And so that should be fun uh, to kind of watch their uh, histrionics and uh, antics over there. And uh, do they uh, start chirping at one another uh, at any point in time during the 90 minutes uh, on Sunday morning? So looking forward to that one. Uh, but give me the Blues 3-1. So, well, guys, we're up against the hour mark here. So it's time to make some fantasy picks, man. And so we mentioned it, Barrett. Kudos to you. You win uh, the fantasy pick 'em uh, last week, uh, so we're all we're all square. We've all won two weeks uh, in the pod pick 'em, and so again, I know it's match week seven, but we didn't pick uh, during the very first week because we were doing kind of the preseason pod and making all of our preseason predictions there. Uh, but uh, we've all won two, and so we're all square. And so Barrett, you get uh, honors here, bud. So we'll defer to you. Who's uh, who's going to be your fantasy keeper this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go with Edward Mindy for Chelsea, uh, playing Sheffield United. Um, I keep picking uh, whatever keeper is facing Sheffield United, it seems, and uh, why stop this week? No, I like that pick. Uh, Clayton, I think you like that pick too, right? Yeah, I mean, he's recorded a couple of clean sheets so far, and he's playing well for Chelsea. So, yeah, there's no reason not to pick him right now. Okay. I like, well, I, I can't pick the same guy that you guys picked, right? So, uh, now give give me uh, Alex McCarthy, the uh, Southampton uh, goalkeeper, right? They're hosting Newcastle Friday night football. We didn't we didn't preview that game or have time to talk about it. But, uh, you know, Southampton's been on tear as of late. Uh, Newcastle, again, had a big win against Everton this past weekend, but not known for scoring a ton of goals. And so, uh, I like McCarthy to, to maybe keep a clean sheet there on Friday night football. So, uh, well, Barrett, give me four defenders, bud. So, who are the four guys at the back protecting goal, man? All right, I'll take uh, Luke Ayling for Leeds going up against Palace. Uh, Palace will concede possession, and Ayling will get forward and throw balls into the box in this one. So a good chance for uh, contributing to a goal there. Uh, Same thing, Andy Robertson with Liverpool. Um, You know, I I really like Mane's chances down that left-hand side attacking Kyle Walker. And, uh, you know, Robertson likes to put him through down that side. Um, I'll take Kurt Zuma for Chelsea. Uh, again, Sheffield United, uh, probably not going to score. Uh, Zuma should be solid there. And then Tariq Lamptey for Brighton. Uh, the guy's in incredible form going down that right-hand side for Brighton. You know, Burnley is going to be a tough team to unlock, but uh, I think Brighton will have plenty of possession and plenty of chances to unlock him, and I think he might uh, eke something out there. No, I like that pick. So, Clayton, who do you got? Who are your four guys at the back, bud? Yeah, I mean – uh, Barrett, I touched on one of them, and yeah, Lamptey. I like him for the same kind of reasons, you know, getting down that right hand side and, you know, lobbing balls in, or you know, even maybe nicking one. Or, yeah, um, my next three, I have Ben Chilwell uh, with Chelsea. I just like his matchup against uh, Sheffield this week. I mean, he was he was able to get forward against Burnley and create some chances here and there, and that's kind of why I like him in this week. I should. You know, Chelsea should be dominating this game. Um, and then Eric Dyer for Tottenham. Um, he, I mean, he's been solid these last three weeks in the back. Um, it's hard not to pick him right now against a West Brom team that's obviously struggling and, you know, probably on their way out at the end of the season. And then I have Cresswell for West Ham United. I just like their chances against Fulham. Fulham aren't doing – much of anything, really. I think they got their what their first win uh, last week. So yeah, against West Brom, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I can't can't imagine them putting anything past them at the moment. As as uh, Fulham's form is terrible at the moment. Yep. No, I I've got one of your guys there. I like Ben Chilwell as well, uh, Clayton. So again, the matchup against Southampton, 
Uh, he's been a kind of a revelation for them too, uh, playing at that left back and getting kind of bombing down, getting in crosses and getting involved in goals as well. So uh, I like him. Uh, give me Tyrone Mings, uh, center half for Aston Villa. Um, again, we, we touched a little bit on that Villa and Arsenal matchup there. Uh, he's always dangerous from a set-piece uh, standpoint, and uh, he's been playing really, really well uh, to the early uh, start in the season. Uh, give me a Jesper Vestergaard uh, from Southampton. Again, we talked about uh, Southampton hosting Newcastle. I think they've got an opportunity for a clean sheet, and he's a big, tall target as well from a set-piece standpoint, so he might nick a goal too. And then give me Robin Koch uh, from Leeds. Again, um, Leeds, they, they've been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I know that they uh, kind of got thumped by Leicester this past week, but I like their chances against Crystal Palace much more uh, this weekend uh, than than uh, what they uh, how they performed, I should say, against uh, Leicester uh, this past week. So those are my four guys. But uh, Barrett, three guys in the middle, man. Who are the three midfielders for you this week, bud? I'm going to start with Yuri Tielemans for Leicester. Uh, you know, he he scored two goals this past weekend. Uh, one Almost got me back in the match against he, he you in the he fantasy did, yeah. league. So I, I got Tielemans in our fantasy league, yeah. Yeah, and uh, one of those was a PK, so uh, they happened to draw a PK within a few minutes of Vardy being subbed off, and uh, Tielemans there is apparently the backup uh, penalty taker. I heard Vardy was pissed about it as well. I'm sure he was, yeah. (laughs) But uh, then give me Jack Grealish for Villa. Uh, A tough matchup against Arsenal. They've been pretty solid in defense, but uh, if anybody's going to unlock them, Grealish has that ability. Uh, And then I'm going to take Pablo Fornals with uh, West Ham going up against Fulham. Uh, West Ham should roll in this one, and – Pablo likes to create there a little bit in the midfield. Yeah, and he's had a good start to the season, too, so he's been a good fantasy player, so good pick there. Uh, Clayton, who are your three, man? I see a couple of familiar faces on here, or at least at least one from a midfield standpoint, right? Yeah, I mean, I have Tielemans again. Um, I like what he did against uh, Wolves or Leeds this past week, um, and they're going up against Wolves. I mean, I think he's just going to get a lot of touches, a lot of uh, – He's like one of the first guys that will, you know, get on the ball to start the attack. So I like him, you know, putting up balls to Jamie Vardy or um, Harvey Barnes to, you know, get on them and assist and then also score goals too. Um, So, yeah, Yuri Tielemans, I like him for the same reasons. Um, And then Kevin De Bruyne, I think, you know, he's finally coming back into form a little bit here recently. And he's going to be probably the difference for City. if they were to pull out a win this week. So I have him. Uh, everything is going to go through him. He'll get a, a lot of touches on the ball and probably a, an assist or two this weekend. And then Stuart Dallas, um, you know, they had an unfortunate loss to, you know, Lester. But, I mean, he's one of those guys that can nick you a goal here and there. Um, and then he's also a guy that kind of start, start the attack too. So, And also he's really good in possession. He'll get, you know, a lot of – accurate pass points out there so um that's why i like Stuart dallas and those are my midfield three yeah big stewie dallas i like that leads pick so uh, i mean i like your kevin de bruyne pick as well and that's one of my guys so again he's kind of coming back from the injury uh looked uh, has looked pretty good uh it looked looked good this past week kind of slipped in a few passes here and there even though he didn't make an impact per se uh, on the stat sheet but uh, i like that to uh kind of uh break that duck, so to speak, uh, due to the injury against Liverpool uh, on Sunday. So give me KDB as one of my guys. And then uh, you, you mentioned accurate pass points and kind of touches and control of the game, right? That's something that we factor in on our fantasy scoring. And so my other two guys, N'Golo Conte of Chelsea uh, and then uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg from Tottenham have uh, really racked up a lot of fantasy points on just that basis, right? So being able to make a lot of touches, uh, having a lot of control there in the midfield. And so those are my other two guys. I like their matchups this weekend and like them to be involved 
involved and get a lot of touches there, a lot of accurate passes, uh, and maybe even get an assist or two. So we'll uh, we'll see how that pans out. But uh, Barrett, up top, man, three attackers. Who are your three guys that are going to bag all the goals this weekend, bud? Well, I hate to take this first one because uh, it may hurt me, but uh, I'm going with uh, Gabby Jesus. Uh, he's coming back from injury. He uh, he came on as a sub midweek in uh, Champions League and got a goal late. A pretty impressive goal, too. It was a rocket. Um, and I, unfortunately, I think he may find the net again this weekend against Liverpool. Um, I'll take Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I have to take one of those Tottenham guys every week and, uh, and until they prove me wrong. So I'm going with Kane this week instead of Son. And then I'll take Neil Mopé for uh, Brighton against Burnley. Uh, Burnley's normally a pretty tough nut to crack, but uh, Chelsea sure didn't have any problems this past weekend. So I'm hoping that that combination of Tariq Lamptey and uh, Neil Malpe uh, can figure something out. Okay, I like those picks. So, Clayton, who are your top three, man? So who are your three attackers up front? Well, I have Jota, obviously, uh, given the form he's in. You know, Mark came down for a goal, possibly, maybe the only goal. Um, and then Aubameyang, I mean, if they get a penalty against Aston Villa, he'd be the guy to take it. Um, and then Timo Werner, um, he's been rolling these last couple of weeks, and he's just been scoring goals left and right. So there's no point in me not pointing him on the team this week, especially with this matchup against Sheffield United. So, um, yeah, those are my front three. If Clayton's not going to pick either Asan or Harry Kane for know, Tottenham, I'm going to take one of them. So, Barry, Barry, you got Harry Kane, so give me Son uh, for Spurs as one of my three guys up front. Again, those guys, they just put up crazy stats every single week. So, no no reason to believe that they won't have an impact this week as well. Um, and, again, we've got uh, uh, Spurs. Um, they are hosting uh, or, or travel, I should say. Uh, to West Brom, so that's a great matchup there. Uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, one of my other guys, Leicester City. Again, I think there's going to be goals in that matchup uh, between Leicester and Wolves, and he'll probably get another penalty, right? So, again, over under 63.5, give or take, this year. Uh, And then the last pick, um, Barrett, I don't feel good about it, but give me Raheem Sterling for City. Again, he's a twat. I don't like him, but uh, uh, I I think he will be involved at some point, whether he's drawing a penalty uh, or maybe catching one on the break against Liverpool this weekend. Uh, And, again, that's – there's some bad blood there, right? So you being a former Liverpool guy, and so he, he usually gets fired up about that uh, that game. And so I think he might have an impact uh, on Sunday morning there uh, for Manchester City. So I, I don't know how you're going to be able to sleep at night picking Sterling, but hey, I that's on you, not me. I don't feel good about it, so I definitely don't feel good about it. But, uh, well, guys, you know, I think that just about does it. Again, we're just over the hour mark here, and so we're going to wrap it up and watch the matches this weekend and see what happens. And so for our listeners out there, Barrett, how can we follow you? How can we get at you? man so twitter instagram give us the deets bud yep uh find me on uh twitter at hartman underscore lfc excuse me at hartman underscore lfc send me a message i'll add you to the predictor league uh so maybe i get a little competition yeah i gotta get 18 points this week right you picked one dead on and then got two other results and and i yeah i I nearly had the uh lester leeds game dead on too but a late goal there thwarted me well, I got two results out of it, so but no uh, no spot on picks for me. I'm still kicking Clayton's ass, but uh, uh, Clayton, how how can we uh, how can our listeners follow you on Twitter, bud? So what's your handle? Throw it out there, man. At McCluskey101. Okay, well, good stuff. Well, you got to follow Barrett too because he's been chirping at OG and E Electric uh, this week <laughs> it's too. So hilarious. it's kind of sent us some uh, some good tweets there, uh, uh, kind of going at the electric company with all the uh, the power outages and not necessarily because the power is out, but because they're they're kind of fucking up on other other ends of things. But uh, some yeah, yeah. some good comedy there. 
there on that front. So keep it up, there. Keep give, giving them hell. Um, well, guys, again, I appreciate you both being with me in studio again this week, and I look forward to to doing it again next week. Safe travels, uh, right, Barrett, uh, on the road tomorrow. Play some good golf. Uh, hopefully, the weather will cooperate for you on it's that. It's front. supposed to be a high of eighty tomorrow in the uh, greater DFW area, well, so it's going to be fantastic. Terrible. So you can't blame it on the weather whenever you shoot ninety five. Right? Oh no, I don't need to blame it on the weather. I'll blame okay. it on my golf game. Well, good deal, good deal. <laughs> and so, gang, this will wrap it up for this episode, but the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros or on Instagram at fantasysportspros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Enjoy the matches this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, gang. Cheers. 